Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, Snakebite by Eliza Jaquaze. Sweat stung Trisha's eyes, and she scrubbed her face with the hem of her threadbare shirt. When the shirt was new, it stretched taut over her soft belly. Now it revealed the hollowed dimples of her ribcage as she lifted it. Why is it called the library? Susanna's youthful tones cut through the silence of the barren wasteland. In the old days, libraries housed thousands of books, Lanny responded as she stirred the pot of what would have to pass as soup. Cactus water, flavored with old bones, cactus chunks, and whatever insects, snakes, and rodents happened across their path. What's a book? Thomas cut in predictably. Though they were siblings, he shared few features in common with Susanna. It's how people used to pass along knowledge before the turn of the century, before information went digital. Lanny couldn't have been more than a child before the digital era began, when physical books were recycled as passé and replaced with space-saving tablets. Even Trish herself could count on her fingers how many times she'd seen an actual book, much less held one. Digital? Susanna asked. Much like everything you know is kept here, Lanny tapped the young girl on the forehead. There was a massive brain that stored all the information in the world, but that brain died and took with it everything we knew. Oh, the girl worried at her cracked lips. So why is this place called the library if the giant brain is dead and there aren't no more books? Trish, you've been there. Why don't you explain it? Trish let out a slow breath and squinted at the kids. Everyone makes their way to a library. Lanny said that digital was like a big brain of shared knowledge. Well, everyone who lives at a library has their own knowledge. What they read, what they've experienced, what they've been told. Each person is like a book. So, even though I don't know anything, I can still go to the library? Susanna asked. Even human libraries need readers. Lanny set down the ladle and wagged a hand at Thomas. Go tell the others dinner is served. Dinner. Trish's stomach surged in protest. Trish shielded her eyes from the sun and stared at the cracked and peeling picture of a family long since broken apart. Her wife had mocked her for wanting the tangible photograph. Now, most days, it was all she had of them. Even when they were together, she didn't recognize the stranger inhabiting her wife's body. She folded it along well-creased edges and tucked it into her carry sack. We'll make camp next stop, she called out. Keep an eye out for any edibles. She whipped out her pistol and fired in the direction of the sound. The bullet pierced the skull of a hooded snake only inches from Thomas's foot. Stay alert! Tonight, there would at least be meat in their watery meal. Thomas's lip trembled, and his eyes brimmed with tears as he stared at her. His chest rose and fell with each heavy gulp of air. You could have hit him, 
Susanna cried, rushing to his side and flinging her arms about him. If I missed, that would have been the least of his concerns. Be careful when handling the body, the teeth are still venomous. You could have shot him, the girl repeated. Susanna, Lanny chided, that's the way of the road. Thomas sniffed loudly and pushed his sister away. I'm fine, Suze. She, she didn't hit me. He knelt down next to the snake and gave it a vicious prod. The desire to kick it warred with practicality on his face. Practicality won out as he gingerly lifted it by the tail. Thanks, his gaze met Trisha's. A bite from that snake and, well, she would have given him a choice. Stay behind and waste away, or hope that he bled out swiftly from a slit throat. She had not always been that fast on the draw. Once, she would have taken the time to evaluate, to aim, to perfect the shot. And once, she had. Trish evaluated her exhausted and terrified group. Another hour and we'll stop. She would prefer to push on for another few hours, but at least one hour would get them far enough from the smell of gunpowder and blood, if they could make it that far. Only a few more days left. Her words were a soft, whispered promise. Through a mixture of coaxing, cajoling, and flat-out ordering, she managed to rally her group onto the road, or at least what she considered to be the road. She had traveled this path so frequently that her feet knew the steps to take, even when her mind wandered and she was worn to the bone. Each step was a reminder of an unseen landmark. Though the snake's blood would seep into the ground and by her next journey would no longer be visible, Every time she passed that spot, she would remember what could have been. The memories of what happened on her first journey still haunted her, and even changing her path could not erase them. They stopped in a petrified grove. Once it was filled with giant trees whose leafy arms provided shelter. Trish settled against one of the solid trunks. When her eyes closed, she could feel the weight of her son nestled in her lap. She could feel the heat of her wife's arm pressed to hers, smell the sweat of her hair. When she opened her eyes, it was gone. She fumbled in her pocket for the photograph, hoping it would calm the sudden surge of bile in her throat. Her thumb brushed across the face of the little boy. Who's that? Susanna's voice was small, her hands stuffed under her arms. Shouldn't you be helping Lanny with the fire? The girl scuffed her toe. Yeah, I am, but she thought, and Thomas said, I shouldn't have yelled at you. Thanks for saving his life. Trish passed the girl the photo. My wife and son. I've never seen a photo before. The girl held it gingerly in her hands. This must be really old, from before digital. I'm not that old, Trish laughed softly, hoping to dispel some of the nervous energy. Even during the digital age, people would still print pictures, though not many. Will I get to meet them? At the library? She gently took the photograph back and folded it, trying to hide the shaking of her hands. I'm sure you will meet my wife, but our son... Too slow. She had been too slow that time. You should spend time with your brother. The road is dangerous. Anything can happen. If life is so dangerous... Shouldn't you spend this time with your wife? Trish closed her eyes and shoved the photo blindly into her bag. I don't deserve to spend time with her. <laughs>
Susanna wrapped her arms around Trish. I bet she misses you. Trish awkwardly patted the girl on the back. It isn't that simple. This was her penance, the price she paid for leaving her son to die, because she had been too weak to hold the knife to his throat, too weak to let anyone kill him. He had been a fighter. A measly snake bite wasn't going to kill him. She had spent the night with him tossing feverishly in her arms, knowing he was in pain, but hoping. I'm certain my wife will love to meet you. She will likely insist you stay with her. And will you stay with us too? Trish pressed her lips softly to the girl's forehead. Happiness is for people who deserve it. This has been Snakebite, written by Eliza Jaquez, and first appearing in Confabulator Cafe. For more information about Manawaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manawaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C.B. D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening.